Blog Talk Radio. Oh! 
Broadcast is In the Word with Sister Pearl. I have missed you for the last two months. I have not um, been able to broadcast, but I am so very happy to be with you once again. I want to welcome you from wherever you happen to be listening to in almost every continent on the earth today. We are so grateful to the Lord, and to the leader of this program, Evangelist Montel Fields, for her vision and her tenacity and her obedience to the Lord, that we can bring you this broadcast another time. Isn't God great? God is so good. And so even though I have not been with you, you have not been with me, God has taken care of all of us. And we are so blessed to be able to be back together again. What a privilege. And I don't take it lightly. I want to thank God uh, for all of you that are listening from the wonderful continent of Africa, the great continent of Asia. Thank God for uh, some of you that might be listening from Antarctica. And I welcome all of you listening from the great uh, continent of Europe. North America, South America, Australia, and all of the Oceania uh, countries, we want to bless you in the name that's above every other name. Those of you that are tuning in from the Caribbean, and uh, some of you have been going through some really difficult times. Some of you have been hit with hurricanes and all kinds of um, challenges. But thank God that through it all, the Lord has brought us this far. So if you're listening, that means that God has sustained you until this very time. And the same God who brought you safely this far will take you safely to the finish line. And so once again, I want to welcome all of you that are our regular listeners. But if we have anybody who's new, whether you be a man or a woman, a young man, a young woman, a boy, a girl, an adolescence, or even younger than that, I want to welcome you. Always feel welcome and know that there are people that are praying for you, care for you, and we just want to encourage you along your walk with God. And if you don't know the Lord, we want to invite you to start that walk with the Lord And we're going to help you by the grace of God. And so we thank God that you've taken the time to listen to us. Tonight I'm going to speak about the need to build your house on the rock. And if you're not familiar with scriptures, you might wonder, what what exactly am I talking about? This is not a show about building uh, natural buildings. 
It's not a show about designing, architecture, but it is a program that teaches people about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is the gospel? It's the good news of salvation to men and women everywhere. But I'm going to share with you about building your house on the rock because our master, the Lord Jesus Christ, he told us to build our house on the rock. He admonished us to do that. And so I I want us to take a look at um, one of his portions of scripture. Actually, it's mentioned in quite a few of the gospels. There's three gospels. There's actually four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament are all Gospels. These are eyewitness accounts to uh, what Jesus has done, uh, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's, uh, in a nutshell, the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at the first book of the Gospels, of the four Gospels, and it's Matthew, the Gospel according to St. Matthew, Chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version tonight. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Again, I just read from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, the New King James Version. Well, what is the purpose or importance of laying a good foundation for a house or building? Well, I tell you what, we're going to get into it in the next uh, about 45 minutes, but let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. If you are not able to bow your head, that's quite okay. You can just by your hearts and believe with me that God is going to open up these scriptures to us, that he's going to use his handmaiden, which is yours truly. Uh, I am nothing, but he is everything. And his word is everything. It's so powerful. It's so tremendous. It can change our whole perspective. It can change us from being on the road that leads to hell and then allow us to make a complete turnaround, and be placed on the road that leads us to heaven. So that's how important it is to listen and apply the word of God. So let's just pray that God would open up our understanding and would use me as one of his servants to break the bread of life to you. And that at the end of this hour, you will have a better understanding of what it means to build your house on the rock and that uh, it would be a means of encouragement and strength to you, and you could also strengthen and encourage someone else along the way. So let's just look to the Lord uh, humbly and in great faith, believing God to do something 
in our hearts today in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you that we can have an audience with you. Wow. The great majority of us that are listening to this radio program tonight, we will not have an opportunity to speak to our president if we live in a country that is ruled by a president uh, or any one of our leaders. It is very rare that we will have an opportunity to speak to them. Or if we live in a nation that is ruled by um, the monarchy, they have a king or a queen, uh, it is very slight chance that we'll ever get to talk to a king or a queen in our lifetime or a prime minister or any one of the great heads of state. And Father, even if we did have that opportunity to talk to the king, to talk to the queen, to have an audience with the president, to have an audience with the prime minister, they are nothing compared who you are. Even if we had an audience with the Pope in the Vatican in Rome, he is not you. You are God. You are lifted high above every other. And to think that we can come humbly yet boldly and approach your throne in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, and that you would listen to our prayers. You would listen to our cries. You would listen to what we have to share with you. This is beyond our understanding. We know that in the natural, we don't deserve an audience with you, and yet you give it to us so freely. God, make us to understand what a great privilege this is, far greater than if we had an audience with a natural world leader. We are in awe of who you are. You are great and greatly to be praised. And, Father, we thank you for this word from Matthew chapter 7, Verses 24 through 27, we thank you, Lord God, that you taught us to build our houses on the rock. And so as we get into this and we share this tonight with your people that are listening, we pray that you'd open up our understanding. Help us, oh God, to comprehend what it is to build our houses on the rock, Christ Jesus. And the importance of doing so, especially in this time that we are living in. God, make this come home. Make it real. We come against every distraction. We come against every um, spirit of confusion. Everything that would try to hinder us from understanding what you want us to know tonight concerning building our houses on the rock. God, be exalted in everything I say. Be glorified in the way that your people hear this. Let us, let them, let me apply this word to our lives so that it can help us to stay on the straight and the narrow until you come for us, until you call for us, O God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So 
let's build our houses on the rock. What is the purpose or importance of laying a good foundation for a house or a building? Let's talk about it in the natural realm first. Let's talk about naturally building a house. If you're like the majority of people today around the world, you live in a house or you live in some kind of a building, whether it's a, 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 a nice building or a, a more a very simple structure, but you live in something, most of you, unless you are homeless. And if you're homeless, I pray that the Lord will help you to quickly find a home that can be a secure refuge for you. But let's just talk about this laying a good foundation for a house or a building and and understand. I looked, actually, I found the following explanation of what the importance and the purpose of laying a good foundation is in the natural through a Google search on the Internet. I know some of you that are listening in are not allowed to get Google just a few of the closed nations that are listening in tonight, you don't have that privilege of, of searching the Google, but you can look it up in, in your dictionary or in an encyclopedia or in a library. So its primary purpose, the foundation I'm talking about, is to support the load of the entire building. Talking about building your house on the rock. And when you build a house, the first thing you do is lay a good, strong foundation. And the foundation is to support the load of the entire building. A well-designed and strong foundation keeps the building standing while the forces of nature wreak havoc. Well-built foundations keep the occupants of the building safe during calamities such as earthquake, floods, strong winds, etc. We all know about what an earthquake is, a flood is, a strong wind is. And the three most important are to bear the load of the building. A good foundation bears the load of the building. It anchors it, just like a good anchor will anchor a ship when it comes into the harbor. You don't want that ship just floating all over the ocean. You want it anchored and secure so that the people can eventually get off of the ship. And so... A foundation bears the load of the building. It anchors it against the natural forces, such as, again, earthquakes, and to isolate it from ground moisture. The relative importance of these functions changes with the type of land underneath the building and the building design. Now, I have to share with you Something that I experienced, wow, it must be more than 20 years ago now, well over 20 years, more like 25 years ago. I was in the, one of the islands of the Philippines. The Philippines is made of many, many islands. And I was in the main island, and 
I was in a province called Ifugao. The main island is called Luzon, L-U-Z-O-N. And I was in one of the northern provinces called Ifugao. That's a tribal province. And I was in a, a, a town called Banawi. It's one of the most beautiful places you can imagine because it has one of the eighth wonders of the world with the rice terraces. But I was there preaching in that area uh, for about maybe about a good two weeks. And one night there was a blackout. They call it a brownout. We call it a blackout here in the United States. And I remember preaching in a, a little church in, in the town of Bunawi, Bunawi, and all of a sudden there was no more light. There was no more electricity. Uh, eventually, after a good long while, it came back. But it, it was a good long while. So we had to stop the service and just pray and close out. Well, little did I know, and the rest of us that were in that service understand, we came to know later on that there was a horrific landslide in one of the hillsides, the neighboring hillsides in Banawi, and several houses that were built on the hill, shanty-type looking houses, very, very simple, simple structures. Certainly they were not built on a good foundation at all, but just on the side of the um, hilly mountain. And when the the torrential rain hit that area of Banawi, several of those houses were instantly destroyed. And sad to say that quite a number of lives were lost. Seven of those lives that were lost belonged to children that had attended a neighboring local church. And because I happened to be in that area, the pastors uh, of, you know, that local town asked me if I would do them the favor of speaking at the funeral of seven children. Those children, those seven children that died in that particular locality belonged to two different homes, two different families. So one family lost four children and another family lost three children. It was one of the most horrific things I was ever asked to do in my ministry till that point. Uh, After that, I was asked to do some things that, you know, to me were even harder than that. But up until that time, that was the hardest thing I was ever asked to do. But I just cried out to the Lord and asked him for wisdom and strength and guidance to do that. And God helped me to speak to uh, the local church people and to speak to the mothers and the fathers and the neighbors and the cousins and the aunties and the uncles, the sisters, the brothers, the grandparents that were related to those seven children. But why did that all happen? It happened because those little shanty-type houses were not built on good foundations, very, very weak foundations, muddy 
muddy earth it was built on. There was no, they were not really built and founded on a, on a shore rock, but just loose, very loose foundation so that when any strong wind came, and especially strong um, torrential rains came, completely did away with those little simple structures, and it was horrific. It was horrible what had happened. And so for me, Matthew seven twenty four through 27 uh, had been very, very real because I, I, I personally, the tragedy of, of having to, you know, minister to those that lost loved ones in the most terrific way. So not only did they lose their homes instantly, but more importantly than that, because you can always build another home, but you cannot call your child back or your children back. And so I, I, I look at verse 26. And when Jesus said, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. So I actually saw that and experienced that as an onlooker, thank God, not, you know, that it was my house, but it, as an onlooker, I experienced what that was. I saw the devastation. I saw the areas that where there were previously homes and now there were no homes. I heard the cries of the moms and the dads and the family members and the neighbors. This is a serious thing. And that's just in the natural. That's just in the natural. So often, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Our bodies are Christ's temple, as clearly revealed to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Contrary to what we're hearing, 24-7, your body, your choice. Often when that phrase is quoted, they're not even talking about their body. They're talking about another innocent pre-born baby's body. But even our body, if you're a man and you can never get pregnant, contrary to some new philosophy that are lies. Men don't get pregnant. Only women can get pregnant if they don't have any kind of physical problem. But then the word of God tells us through the apostle Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have from God? And you are not your own. So you and I, if we are blood washed, if we've been saved, if we've been forgiven of our sins, and we have dedicated our lives 
to his lordship, the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, our body does not belong to us. It belongs to God. And like I said before, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. So just in the same way that you and I, if we're building a home, building a house, building a, a building, whether it's massive, it's small, no matter what type of a building it is, we need to make sure that it's built on a good foundation. Now, that's just in the natural. How much more should we be building our houses, which are the temples of the Holy Spirit, on the rock Christ Jesus? And let me, let me just read from another portion of Scripture. Again, from Corinthians, but this time from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. I'm reading from the New King James Version. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now listen, I'm not really going to get into this teaching about um exactly what the Apostle Paul was telling the church at Corinth, but I'm using this scripture, and I'm going to read another translation of this for you, just to understand that when Jesus spoke to us about a natural home, that he also is telling us that our bodies are his temple, and we need to understand and be mindful, be careful to how we build our physical bodies, spiritual bodies in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read to you now from the Worldwide English New Testament, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 4. Our body is the house in which our spirit lives here on earth. Remember, we're talking about build your house on the rock. So our body is the house in which our spirit lives here on earth. When that house is destroyed, then God will give us another house. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. That house is not made by man's hand, but God made it. It will last forever in heaven. While we are in the house we have now, we are always crying and wanting to have our house from heaven. When we've moved into it, then we are sure that we will never be left without a house, meaning when we go from here to eternity, from here to glory. Now, while we are in this house, meaning this temporal house, our body, we cry and we're troubled. It is not that we want to move out of this house, but we want to move into the other one. Then this body, which will die, will be changed into one which will live. 
Now that we have a better idea of what the master is speaking of when he instructs us to see to it that our houses are built upon the rock and not on sand, we also can align this principle, teaching, or this concept, or this understanding to what he taught us in verse 4 of this teaching. Let's look at this again now and make the direct connection or understand the how-to of what he is telling us to do. So I'm going to go back to Matthew chapter 7, verse 4. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him or I will compare him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So what are some of these sayings of his? Because a lot of times we think about, okay, the wise man built his house upon the rock. If you ever sang that song in Sunday school, the wise man built his house upon the rock. Yeah, but but before it talks about the wise man building his house upon the rock, or even the wise woman building her house upon the rock, Jesus said, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, then I will liken him or liken her to that person who built their house on the rock. So what are the sayings of his that he's talking about? Because he said, look, follow these and obey these sayings, these teachings that I'm giving to you now. Because if you do that, then you are likened to a person. You are compared to a person. You're like the person who builds his house on the rock. If you follow my sayings, what are his sayings? I'm not going to go through all of them because we don't have the time in this teaching. But let's look at verse 13 from chapter 7 of Matthew. Enter by the narrow gate. So wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So in other words, in one of the ways that I can build my house upon the rock is by following what the rock tells me to do. And who is the rock? The rock is Christ Jesus. And what does Christ Jesus tell me? He tells me to enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. I remember uh, a plane ride that I had, wow, again, several, several years back, decades back, and I was traveling on my way uh, from Asia for a quick trip to the States, and maybe just about two or three weeks, and I would be back to Asia. And I remember sitting next to a young man, and he was trying to talk to me, and, you know, I was much younger then, and and he thought that he would, you know, get up a conversation with me and maybe he would get me interested in him, seeing that I was not married. And I don't know whether he was married or not, because a lot of these men, they act married. I mean, they act like they're not married when they are married. 
So he started this conversation with me and tried to engage me, and he told me, you know, you know, I like this and I like that and I like you. And I was just listening to him, watching him, listening. I didn't have much to say in the conversation. But then uh, I, I just listened to him for a while, and I said, you know what, uh, this is nice. You know, thank you for engaging me in conversation, but you and I are not going to get any real good friendship going here because I follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to establish with him who I was automatically. And so then he started telling me, oh, well, I'm really, you know, much, uh, uh, much more broad-minded, you know, than Christians. And I said, oh, well, the Bible talks about you. He said, the Bible talks about me. What do you mean? I said, well, the Bible talks about people who tell me what you just told me. You told me you're very broad-minded and uh, very, very open in your uh, understanding of life. I said, but Jesus spoke about you in Matthew chapter 7 and in, you know, verse 13. He said, that the way that leads to destruction is broad and that many people go that way. But narrow is the gate that leads to life. And so I told him just to save his time and to save my time, you know, you're on the broad way. You're on the wide gate. But the end thereof is destruction. I just told him very nicely very kindly, but but very uh, directly. And I said, this is nothing that I came up with. This is not my words. These are the words of Jesus Christ. And I respect his words. And I follow his words because I am not simply, you know, what people call a Christian because a lot of people call themselves Christians. A lot of people say, oh, yes, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe that Christ had come to the earth and given his life as, as, you know, to save me from my sin. But then, again, they're not following Jesus. So I told him, I actually believe what Jesus said, and, I, and I've actually uh, humbled myself, and, and, and I've made him the Lord of my life. And so when I told him that, he didn't have much more to discuss with me. And so that was okay. I prayed that he has repented and come to the Lord later on in life. But... Another thing that Jesus said that we should follow his teachings is in verse 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So in other words, it's not how much I talk and say words and throw Jesus' name in it. But it's by my fruits that I will be known. And how about what Jesus said in verse 21? This one to me is, 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 wow. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. 
Now, you and I know a lot of people that say Jesus is Lord, but they're not doing the will of the Father in heaven. And many will say to me, this is what Jesus said in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And Jesus said in verse 23, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, these are the verses that come right before what Jesus taught us about building our house upon the rock. He said, if you hear my sayings, then you are like that man who builds his house upon the rock. So in other words, just some of his sayings are, enter in by the narrow gate. Beware false prophets. Make sure that you are on the right path, that you are doing what I told you to do. Do not associate yourself and do not open up your spirit to people that are speaking contrary to what I'm teaching in the word of God. And you've got to ask yourself, how are you building your life? What kind of an assembly, what kind of a fellowship are you, you know, involved with? Are you listening to the woke kind of preachers? And some of you in other nations might wonder, what does Sister Pearl mean about the woke preachers? Well, in America, we have a, a saying, some of you would call it an idiom, and, and we term it woke, the woke Christians. Woke Christians means basically, in, in a short way of explaining it, that these are the new type of pastors that are no longer following the word of God, but now they're following the whims of man, and they're making up things as they go along to please themselves and to please the world. So now they're woke. Of course, it's not really being awake according to the word of God. But literally, these people are dead in their trespasses and sins. But we're calling them woke in a sarcastic kind of a way. And they even call themselves as, as being woke themselves, but they think it's a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's a bad thing because what they're teaching the people in their congregations is contrary to the word of God. And so these are the people that go along with the new teachings, you know, the new teachings that men can marry men and women can marry women and they all can be Christians together and, and live and do whatever they want. And, you know, um, they can kill babies in the womb and that's okay because, you know, this is what we call the woke crowd. And the woke crowd is the crowd that is walking in the broad way, walking in the way that leads to destruction because it's in total disobedience to a holy God. The Lord tells us through, again, the Apostle Paul, as he spoke to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 20, now therefore 
you are no more strangers and foreigners to fellow citizens, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Talking about the people on the narrow way. And you're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Let me explain what a chief cornerstone is. What is the significance of the chief cornerstone, even in a natural building? The cornerstone or foundation stone is called the setting stone. It's the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. All other stones will be set in reference to that stone, thus determining the position of the entire. So Jesus is our chief cornerstone. He is the foundation stone. He is the stone stone that sets our building in place. He's the first stone in our building. All the other stones, we're called the living stones. But our stone should be set in reference to him. So in other words, he is front and center. Everything that we do evolves around him. We don't just throw him in the mix. He is the chief cornerstone. Reality for the child of God is that Christ is our chief cornerstone. Not another person, not the government, not a political issue, not your ethnic culture, not your family, not your heritage, not your financial status, not your worldly ambitions. But Jesus is to be what you are based on your whole life. My whole life is set in order on him being the chief cornerstone as a believing child of God. And coming to him, I'm reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. And coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by people, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a choice stone, a precious corner stone. And the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. My goodness. Do you understand that man of God, woman of God? Do you understand that if you have Christ as your chief cornerstone, you will not be put to shame because you believe in him. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for unbelievers, stone is what the builders rejected. They rejected the chief cornerstone. And today in our world, in our society, in this culture of death, They have rejected the chief cornerstone. That's why there's great confusion in the house of God. In the majority of even the American church where I am speaking to you from, there's a lot of confusion. Why? Because they're they're no longer 
having Christ as the chief cornerstone. They've got, you know, some kind of a, a, a government or uh, some kind of a different agenda as their chief cornerstone. And anything other than Jesus Christ, can I just tell it to you clearly, is going to take them on a path, I'm going to say it, that will lead straight to hell. And the most horrific thing about hell is that it is a place where the Spirit of God does not dwell there. I'm asking you tonight, or whenever you happen to be listening to this broadcast, to allow the Lord Jesus Christ to be the one to support you, as only he can do. Remember, he is the chief cornerstone. And when we lay our foundation upon him, upon the rock, he is able to support the load of the entire building. Whatever you're dealing with, the foundation can sustain it. When you have it based on Christ, it is well designed. Your foundation is strong. It keeps your building standing. And while the forces, whether they be natural or supernatural, storms of life, as it were, whether they be physical or supernatural, there will be storms in your life. And they will wreak havoc unless you and I are built upon the rock. A well foundation keeps the occupants of the building safe during times of calamities, during times of testing, during times of sickness, during times of betrayal, during times of temptation, during times of of persecution, during times of people tormenting you, during some of the most testing times imaginable, your house can remain solid, stable, not shaken. Why? Because it's built upon the rock. That foundation is there to bear the load of the building. Whatever your load is. And, you know, in construction, my father used to be in construction. He was a preacher, but he also used to work construction to uh, make money to support himself and his family. And so in construction, there's a thing called the dead load and the living load. The dead load is the constant load in a structure such as the bridge, the building, a machine, is due to the weight of the, of the actual building. When you build a building, that is the dead load. But when people walk into the building, that's the live load. When you bring the furniture into the building, that's a part of the live load. All right? So the dead load and the live load. In our lives, we have a lot of dead loads. We have things that we came into this world with. Maybe we were born into a family that had, you know, it was dysfunctional. That's dead load. 
we were born into that. But now, what live load are we bringing into that? If we have Jesus on board, come on, and we have him as the chief cornerstone, we're bringing something into that building that is totally different. It's the live load, but it's a positive live load. We can bring something unpositive into that building, and that could be live load. Or we can bring something positive into that building, and that can be live load. Oh, I wish I had time to continue with this. We'll see how the Lord leads me, but we already only have a little bit of time. Bottom line is that you and I need to ensure that our houses are built upon the rock Christ Jesus, and not on anything else. Do not have your house built upon the church that you attend. Do not have your house built upon the pastor who shepherds that local assembly. Do not have your house built upon your husband or upon your wife or upon your children or upon your circumstance, or upon your physical condition, whether you're healthy or you're not healthy right now experiencing sickness. Do not let your house be built on these external circumstances or institutions, but have your house built upon the rock Christ Jesus. He is, and he alone is the chief cornerstone He is the one, he is the one, ladies and gentlemen, who can sustain you. Only he can do that. He is the one that's able to carry the weight of whatever you have to deal with. When you're trying to deal with it alone or deal with it in your own strength or deal with it because of what somebody else is telling you how to go about something, you're going to be blown away. I can tell you that right now. I don't even have to know what your circumstance is. I can tell you emphatically, you will be blown away. Your house will be destroyed. It will be shattered. There is no other cornerstone that you and I can build our house on and be secure other than Christ Jesus, bottom line. That's just it. No new philosophies. No new ideas, only Jesus Christ. Wow. No new teaching that is abiblical, but everything that Christ teaches us in the word of God. That's how come you and I have to be secure in Christ and and be following his word. He said, if you listen to my sayings, then you will be like that man that builds his house upon a rock. So now you have some understanding of what that means to have your house built upon a rock. Follow his sayings. Obey what he's telling you to do. Build your house upon him. Make sure that he's the chief cornerstone and everything else is set on him. Don't try to throw him in and you have something else as a chief cornerstone. That's backwards and will only lead to destruction. Let's just pray 
if you don't know the Lord, if you don't have Jesus as your chief cornerstone, now is your time. Pray with me. I can't, you know, save you. Only Jesus can save you, but it's by your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those of you that have been saying that you are a believer of the Lord, but you know very honestly that you have not been placing Jesus Christ and not been living like he's the chief cornerstone. He is not front and center. He is not the one that you jump off everything else from or you base everything else on. Then you need to get it right tonight. I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to you and to those that don't know the Lord yet. For those that don't know the Lord yet, will you just follow me? I'm going to lead you in a word of prayer. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he did, and you know that you're a sinner, you're confessing your sins, just repeat after me, and God's going to hear your prayer. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name I come. I know that I'm not right. I know that I have sinned against you. I know that I have not been living for you. Please forgive me of all my sins. And thank you that there's nothing that I did that is outside of your ability to forgive. Thank you, Lord God, for hearing my prayer. I ask you to wash me in your blood, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Help me to follow you now all the days of my life. Help me to read your word. Help me to pray every day and help me to find a good group of believers that also follow your word love you, help me to discern between what's false and what's true. In Jesus' name, God, help me to build my spiritual house upon the rock. And God, even if I go astray, help me to come quickly back to you, Father. Thank you for this word. Thank you that I understand now more of what it is to build my house upon a rock. Bless my life. Help me, help me to glorify you in everything I do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Lord bless you. May heaven shine upon you. And I pray that you'll have a fantastic week. Please meet me again next time, same time, same place, and Reaching Out Radio International within the Word with Sister Pearl. Until next time, God bless you. I love you, but Jesus loves you so much more. Bye-bye.